Welcome to the biggest thing to hit the financial advisory ESG community, environmental, social, and governance. I'm Jonathan Kavaznik, CHFC Wealth Advisor. With over 25 years advisory experience, I've been advising clients so they can make a positive global impact. A lot of money news this week. Uh, Various stories in the news and some stories that we've all been watching that are affecting all of us. Here to kind of sort through some of the clutter uh, is John Kavaznik from Cherokee Investment at Bank Cherokee uh, in St. Paul. He joins us on the John Schuster Coldwell Banker Hotline. Hey, good morning, John. How are you this morning? Thanks so much for joining me. Happy to have you here. Good morning, John. Thank you so much. I'm doing awesome. I did say St. Paul. That's where you're located, right? We are in St. Paul, yes, sir. On historic Smith Avenue? On historic Smith Avenue on the west side, where we've always been here for almost 100 years, actually over 100 years. Just near the top of the high bridge. You can't miss it. So, hey, let's talk about a couple of stories here. Um, How about this story? Because there's been this just recently here about credit card debt kind of uh, ballooning up a bit. Um, It just, it it seems uh, like it's kind of getting away. And I thought during the pandemic, weren't we paying down our credit card debt? Weren't we doing better in that time, John? People were doing an awesome job of paying down that debt. And a lot of that had to do with, we didn't have a lot of things to spend our money on discretionary, like entertainment, movies, going on vacation. And people were doing an awesome job of paying that debt down. And you're correct. That seems to be reversing now where people are relying on that credit card debt to actually make things uh, come together and have their budgets work. And all of a sudden they're using that credit card a lot more than they were, say, six months or a year ago. And it's starting to balloon again. And and now we're paying more at the same time for some things because of the inflation, you know, 8.7%, I think at last month, 8.3%, a slight tick downwards at this time. So if you're paying more, you're putting it on your credit card, uh, that whole credit card debt is going to balloon, John. That's what's going on, and you can see it in the numbers. Uh, I was just looking it up and that there's $841 billion with a B dollars worth of debt right now and the average interest rate on a credit card is 16 percent so think about what people are paying at the pump what they're paying at the grocery store and they're loading up their credit cards at 16 percent on average that's a lot to overcome i would say it most certainly is i mean the thing about that it just yeah when you stop and realize 16 percent i think that if you can you should be shopping around for a better rate because john there are some cards out there that are offering far better rates aren't there there are some and as a matter of fact a lot of them right now would love to see your balance transferred to their credit cards and they offer sometimes a zero percent interest so you really got to take advantage of that and take the time to take a time out and go, hey, I think I got to look at my credit card debt and whether or not I can move it somewhere that has a zero interest rate or a lower interest rate. That's huge amount of money back in your pocket. They might give you that zero interest rate for an introductory time, however, right? They'll give you, let's say, uh, you know, one year on the transferred balance for interest rates. So you need to make sure you're reading all of the uh, the details that go with that. Let me ask you about this one, too, because something that we were reading about yesterday and thought it was an interesting idea, especially for people who are trying to budget. Are you familiar with the term cash stuffing? Uh, and it's, we're not talking about dressing out some sort of a turkey here for the holidays, but cash stuffing. Are you familiar with the term, John? So the, the term cash stuffing, in a sense, has been around for a very long time. When we were younger, we called it just putting money in different envelopes, and we used a lot of cash in our days. 
uh, you know, back in the 80s and the 90s and the 2000s. Now with digital, it's not as common, but cash stuffing can be a very uh, useful and neat way to budget. Yes. Yeah, and basically what it is, you you take, let's say, for your mortgage, for your uh, gas allowance, you have to, it forces you to create a budget at the same time, I'm guessing, but then you put an envelope together for each of those, and you put some cash into those, if I'm not mistaken, John. That's exactly correct, and what's so great about that, as you mentioned, is it puts people on a real physical plan, a budget, and one of our dilemmas when we're trying to save or pay off our debt is we just can't keep track of things, and it just seems to seep away. And when we get to the end of the month, we don't know where the money went or how it got spent, but we don't have any. And so you're exactly right. Cash stuffing and taking physical uh, money or physical budgeting and putting it in paper and writing will really help us get to our goals each month. And then you actually see where the money is going. Chatting with John Kavaznik here from Cherokee Investment at Bank Cherokee in St. Paul. And we're, we're talking about this on the John Schuster Coldwell Banker Hotline. A couple of other things here now. With all of these rises in interest rates, as the Fed, uh, you know, bumps the rates up, you know, a little bit at a time here, half percent there, there was nowhere for it to go but up. Uh, but when we see these things happening, John, uh, we have to take into account that probably mortgage interest rates are going to be happening at the same time. Are you seeing a slowdown in people doing things like refis or maybe even new home purchases as long as the inventory is tight and the interest is going up? Maybe we take a pause. Yeah, so what we found in the current environment is there was so little inventory of housing that people, the young folks trying to get into entry-level homes were just scrambling, trying really hard to get anything they could have. And interest rates were down like maybe 3.5% for a 30-year mortgage, and now we're over 5%. And that's a huge difference in the monthly payment, but there still isn't a lot of inventory. So people are being forced, in a sense, to buy some of the same housing but pay a higher monthly payment just to get into a house. And so that's kind of the dilemma right now with inventory, I think, we're looking at. Here's one of the things that I hear from homeowners, and you can weigh in on this, John, that, you know, the friends of mine will say, wow, I could sell my home right now and make a pretty good piece of change on it. But whatever they're going to buy is going to cost them a, a higher amount anyway, isn't it? I mean, you got to take this, you have to weigh all of this together here. Correct. And we, we kind of call that in the industry a, a lateral move. You kind of feel like you're going to take advantage of something because one side of the equation looks good but you don't take into account the other side of the equation. And that's kind of an inverse or upside down relationship, opposite, right? Is when interest rates are rising, prices are falling. And so great, you're getting a lot more for what you have, but the market knows that. And it's just going to be a lateral move. You're not going to get any further ahead unless you find some real special diamond in the rough. Yeah, that that would be the ideal thing. Uh, you know, I've I've seen real estate like that. I think I even had a a realtor in my early days try to sell me something like that. I would give him an address, and he'd be like, "Well, I might have a property there. Let's go see if it's still standing." Um, and you know, then it would be more than a fixer upper. Uh, but it, I wasn't about to do a knockdown or anything at that time. Hey, let me ask you about this because this was a story that was in the news as well. And I know you follow all of these business trends and and things, but there's there's a, a word out there, John, that people are turning more towards uh, secondhand, previously owned uh, situations. And obviously, that's been a part of it, you know, with automobiles for a long time. But now we're seeing it in other areas of the economy as well. Uh, wh- what are you hearing about this? Well, I think what we're finding, it, it's always uh, held true, and maybe it'll hold true again, is people really lean on secondhand and thrift stores. 
and use merchandise when the economy gets a little tougher and things get a little more expensive. And one of the things that the younger people in, uh, are taking advantage of, which is really awesome, is some of the online sites that have free marketplaces where people want to get rid of something in their house and they're willing just to give it to you. You just have to be willing to go pick it up. And I think that's also increasing now as younger folks see how expensive things have become. It's taking advantage of secondhand, but also how about some free some free items that your neighbors may not want. <laughs> Friends of mine will refer to that as free 99. It's just like it's not costing you anything. It's free 99. How much are gas prices screwing with the uh, the day-to-day people in terms of of their, you know, I mean, that's an unexpected budget hit when we see the way some of these things have just launched here of recent times. Yeah, so we used to say in the in the financial industry that when gasoline got above, say, $4 a gallon, it would suck so much money out of the economy that a recession was going to happen regardless. But the e- economy is strong right now, and the uh, energy sector really has capacity that they're not using. I mean, they could turn on the spigots if they wanted and drive that price down rapidly, but they're not doing that. So it's kind of a gray zone right now, but it is taking money out of the economy regardless. You know, and then we see this story, uh, you know, earlier this morning in the news, uh, uh, hearing Steve Simpson relate this about uh, Target having a pretty good hit in their most recent uh, financials when they're showing stuff. But they're comparing it to where they were during the height of the pandemic. I think it'd be more realistic to try to be comparing this to apples to apples. You know, if profits are down, what do they say, 20 percent, there's still a profit there, though. And maybe I'm too Pollyanna-like uh, when it comes to this, John, but it just seems like it's not all doom and gloom, or it shouldn't all be doom and gloom, right? Well, when we look in the investment world, and we look exactly what you're saying is you got to look at the consumer's behavior. And so not only is uh, Target taking a little bit of a drop because people aren't using the same habits like you mentioned during the pandemic, look what airlines and cruise lines are all coming back really strong because our behavior is changing. And people are finding out that they have money and they want to do those things, but they didn't do that prior to, you know, last year. And so some companies will suffer as the behavior changes. Online tech companies getting crushed right now, right? Everyone's going back to the old school of in-person meetings, not using online social media, not doing Zooms. Um, Yeah, you're exactly right. So you can't compare it to the height when everyone else, the small mom and pops were shut down and Target was you know, taking it all in. And now they're not taking it all in, but the mom and pops are back. Yeah. It's, which is good for the, for the neighborhoods. You know, it's one of those things. And, um, and and just the way it works, John Kavosnik joining me this morning from Cherokee investment at bank Cherokee. Always appreciate your insight into uh, money and money situations. John, thanks so much for joining us today here on news talk, a three O WCCO. Make it a great day. Take care. We'll talk to you soon. Take care. Thank you so much. If you have any questions, please contact Jonathan Kavaznik at jkavaznik, that's K-V-A-S-N-I-K, at securitiesamerica.com. ESG Players Podcast can be found on iTunes, SoundCloud, and many other platforms. 
Securities offered through Securities America, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC, Jonathan B. Kovacnik, CHFC, Registered Representative, Advisory Services offered through Securities America Advisories, Inc., Cherokee Investment Services, Bank Cherokee, and Securities America are separate companies, not FDIC insured, no bank guarantees, may lose value, not insured by any government agency, not bank deposits.